All right, welcome back to another episode of The Pastor's Kid to Policeman's Wife. This is our third episode of the series. We've been discussing life's transitional seasons, and I've decided to conclude this introductory series by sharing with you my own testimony, and also my husband's testimony too. So in this episode, you'll get to hear from the policeman himself. Well, technically he's a sheriff's deputy, but that's okay. As you listen to this episode, I hope that you will be encouraged by the fact that during these transitional seasons, we don't have to understand or even know God's complete and entire plan for our lives. In fact, the more that I've discussed this with other Christians, it seems that that's the way God normally writes our stories. He doesn't often fill us in on the big picture all at once because he wants us to learn to trust him, be faithful in the small day-to-day things, and he will reveal to us his plans along the way as he sees fit. I do hope that this will be another episode that will edify, interest you, and minister to your heart as you follow the path that God has for you. So let's go ahead and jump right into this third episode where I have my husband, Pete, joining me today for the conversation as well. Pete, thank you so much for being willing to do this with me. You're welcome. I'm excited to be a part of this. Yeah, I think that before we get into this interview segment, that we should begin with a sort of icebreaker that I put together. I compiled a few different ideas from some different articles It's called A Few Ways to Know She's a Cop's Wife. So there's about five of these, and I thought they'd be fun to do. What do you think? Yeah, it's a good idea. Okay. So the first one, she's not afraid to spend her nights alone. Let's face it, it's going to happen, and we get used to it. So that that saying would be more true if your husband worked a midnight shift. Thankfully, I haven't ever been assigned to a midnight shift, so um, I haven't had to have a consistent schedule with working overnight. But there are are nights here and there where you have to work later hours, and you do have to get used to me not being in bed every single night at the same time. Yes, and I think for me, the evenings that you are working, because you do work an evening shift, but you don't always work all night long. Thankfully, we haven't had to do the midnight shift the evenings I end up staying up later. And I think that's just because I am naturally a night owl. You get home and you're like, oh, you're still awake. <laughs> yeah. Pretend surprise every time. <laughs> uh, second one, she always has her back to the door at a restaurant. Her husband is always facing it. I don't think that is extremely typical with our relationship. I know that's a very common saying. I do know that eating in a restaurant or sitting down somewhere, you know, I do feel mm-hmm. more comfortable if I can see the door. That way I can see if something's going to happen coming through there. But right. I'm, I'm not always super hyper vigilant. Right. I think that there's definitely never been a time that we've gotten to a restaurant and you've said, oh, you can't sit there. You have to move. Or, right. oh, you got to move right. You can't be right there. That's never happened. And I'm thankful that you're not that kind of police officer because I think that would be a little too uptight for me and maybe because I'm I'm more the uptight person and you're more the laid back person in our relationship anyways. And number three, her weekend is actually in the middle of the week. We always go along with the LEO schedule, no questions asked. I'll respond to this one first since you responded to, to the last one. 
I'd agree to a certain extent. Uh, your schedule is always changing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from the beginning of you working for the sheriff's office, I've gotten used to you always working 3 p.m. to 1 a.m. That's mm -hmm. kind of your schedule. But the days that you work changes. And so sometimes there are months that you work weekends and then our schedule is has to work around that. So our weekend, quote unquote, is during the week. Right. And I, like we were talking about not too long ago, I kind of enjoy that sometimes because the crowds aren't as big during the week. If you want to go do something, like we like to go boating, mm -hmm. we don't have to worry about as much boat traffic. Yeah, there are advantages and um, there are some disadvantages of working the weekends, um, but also you just have to be flexible and um, learn to look on the positive side of it. Yes. All right, number four, watching crime and cop shows is forever changed. So I would say this is a true statement. You know, watching Hollywood's version of police officer shows has changed since I've been in law enforcement just because you actually can see, I've seen how it's really done. And watching the show, you see what they try to portray it as. And there's several things that happen on those shows that <laughs> wouldn't happen in real life. So sometimes it's comical because I've, I've commented so many times on what would or wouldn't happen that you start to catch on to that. Yeah. I didn't realize that before you became a cop, you could watch them just like everybody else and not critique them. Yeah, I, I was to a certain extent, it's changed a little bit. You know, my dad was a police officer, so I would hear that same thing from him. Okay. Um, but there's nothing like doing the job yourself. So it, it definitely did change a little bit. Yeah, I say this all the time. I can literally hear your voice in my head during most shows. We were just watching a show last night and I'm constantly pausing it and saying, hey, so would that have actually happened? That wouldn't have happened, would it? <laughs> in that movie we watched last night that I said, oh no, they wouldn't have let him out on bail for, and you said no, because that was a homicide. They would have given him a bond. So watching crime and cop shows, definitely it has forever changed for both of us. And the fifth one, when your cop leaves for work, the saying stay safe just hits differently. And that is something I always say to him, I think what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to diminish the meaning for other people who are married to people who aren't cops. But when I say stay safe to him before he goes to work, it he's really going into danger. He's going into harm's way and he's dealing with it directly. So I always try to say stay safe. I love you. And your answer is I say always. Yep. Every time. It's kind of a saying that we have. So those were kind of fun. I thought that would give people a good idea of a little bit about what it's like to live in a law enforcement household. But let's go ahead and get into the interview portion. And the way we're going to be doing this is a little bit differently than other episodes. I'm going to ask him a question and then he'll ask me a question. So it's a double interview. Whenever I have a guest on the podcast, I do like to ask them to just briefly share their salvation testimony. So I think it's important that we begin that way. Go ahead. Sure. Well, when I was a young child, my, my parents decided to homeschool me. It's kindergarten through about seventh grade. And um, I was in kindergarten. It was actually March 31st of 1999. I remember that my mom was giving me the Bible lesson for that day. 
And at the end of the lesson, she gave me the plan of salvation. So at six years old, I distinctly remember that I realized that I was a sinner and I was on my way to hell and I was in need of a savior. My mom explained to me that there's only one way to be saved, and that was to believe that Jesus died on the cross to take my penalty for my sin. And I know now that because I accepted him to be my savior, I get to spend eternity with him someday. I do also remember several years later when I was about 12 years old, I did begin to doubt my salvation. I think that's a pretty typical experience. But I remember talking to my mom again about it, and she explained things again to me and uh, uh, talked about some of the promises of God that the, the Bible um, explains. And after talking with her and going through the Bible again, I did get assurance of my salvation, and I praise the Lord now that truly embraced the promise that uh, no one is able to pluck me from the Lord's hand. Yeah. I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast to share their salvation story just because even if you have a lot of kids that grew up in church have similar testimonies a lot of times, you never know how God can use your story to reach someone for his glory. So I think it's always important to share that and be bold about that. All right. So at what point did you know when you started dating me that you're choosing to be married to somebody who is not going into the pastoral ministry or full-time Christian service? Yes. So this was a question that you asked me in the early stages of us preparing for this podcast episode. And it was a deciding factor for me that you had to come on to the podcast to ask it. The reason I liked it so much, I believe, was because it was a question that I hadn't really considered in the past. And it really made me have to think about it. So when was the exact moment? I couldn't pinpoint an exact moment or maybe that I was consciously aware that I was choosing to marry someone who was not in full-time Christian service or someone who was not going to be a pastor. I don't think that was my thought process. For one thing, let's backtrack a little bit. When you and I first met, it was our freshman year of college and your plan you had no idea. You were undecided. You actually didn't decide your major until sophomore year. So by sophomore year, we'd been friends for a while. Of course, we didn't start dating until the spring of our junior year. But by sophomore year, you knew you were going to be a criminal justice major. And you knew exactly what you were going to do with that. You were planning on being a police officer. And for me, going into college, I didn't think that I was probably going to be a pastor's wife or be in full-time ministry. So I just planned on possibly going to law school. But I wasn't fully certain. And I always believed from a young age, I think I've mentioned this in past episodes, the calling to be a pastor, that is a man's calling because of what Paul says in the New Testament. He says that the desire of a man to be a good, to be a bishop is a good thing. He doesn't say the desire of a woman to be a bishop's wife is a good thing. I believe that if God had called me to marry a pastor, then I would have known I was called to be a pastor's wife. But I do know that when you and I started dating by our junior year, you were going to be a police officer. And when we started dating, that was something that we both had prayed long and hard about. We both had sought counsel about because both of us were serious about one another. Our friendship was very close and it meant a lot to us. And we wanted the next relationship that we went into to be a relationship that was looking toward marriage. So we were we were more mature at that point 
and in our thinking about dating as well. At the point that we started dating and definitely by the time we were engaged, I knew that I was marrying someone who was going to be a police officer and not a pastor. But I would say my calling, the way I look at it is God called me to be your wife because that's something I prayed about, I sought counsel about, and I knew I was called to be a police officer's wife. That's not to say that you could never become a pastor if God called you to that, but you and I both know and are sure that this is where God wants you at this time. That would be the way I would have to answer that question. I'll add that I don't believe that means you can't be called as a woman to a different occupation or to some type of occupation. I'm just referring to of being a pastor's wife. I don't know that that is biblically shown to us. And some women may truly believe that they have been called to be a pastor's wife and they've married a pastor. And that's a wonderful thing for them. That's just something I personally have always believed for myself. I also want to add that just because I feel that I was called to be your wife doesn't mean that God might not have other plans for me. I, I was a teacher for a while and I believe that God has called me to use my degree in education to glorify him and teach students. Right now I'm a stay-at-home mom, but at some point in the future, I do believe that the Lord will allow me to go back to teaching as well. Let me ask you one. You have explained to me in the past that you believe God has called you to be a police officer. Um, could you explain a little bit about how you knew that was what God was calling you to do and when that was? Sure. So, like you said, I do believe that God has called me to be in law enforcement, that God has called me to be a police officer. Right. When I was growing up, I do remember struggling with knowing what exactly God wanted me to do in my life. I knew that I was surrendered to do whatever he wanted me to do, but finding that and coming to know the specifics of that is what I was struggling with. I think that I was just waiting for like a certain moment that it would just be like an aha moment that I would just right. all of a sudden know. But I remember that the Holy Spirit reminded me that I just needed to focus on doing what was right and doing what God wanted me to do in that particular day and daily, yeah. um, rather than get too far ahead of myself and get stressed out about my future. So uh, what I needed to do is focus on that, that he would work out the details of my future. So that's what I began uh, praying towards. I began praying the Lord would guide my steps daily so that I would what I would do in the future would be in his will. I remember that uh, Psalm 37, 4 through 5 was a good reminder for me during that time where it says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Yeah. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So I remember my first year of college, like you said, I was an undeclared major. But I truly believe that because I chose to focus on doing God's will for me daily, that he then put that desire in my heart to be a police officer and then eventually gave me that desire. Yes, I love the way that you answered that question with that verse because it is so true that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he's going to give us the desires of our heart and just being faithful in the day-to-day, -day, we will see God's greater will for our life as he chooses to reveal it to us. But we have to be faithful in the day-to-day, -day, first of all. Well, another question would be, has there ever been a time when you questioned the calling 
to be a police officer. So I believe there's a few times early on, like when the going got tough, parts of my field training or some, just some tough times through there, that I wondered if I was really doing what the Lord wanted me to, to do and if I was really in his will. But I think this was just me not resting in his promises in that moment. And that's what caused me to question that calling. I I do remember like when I got my head right, when I got back in the word and reflected on how God had led me up to this point, that just helped me keep on keeping on. And it also helped when I would get some counsel from other Christians and other Christians that were in law enforcement as well that helped me stay on track. So looking back on how God has blessed so far and the opportunities and experiences he has allowed me to have in this profession, I truly know that I'm doing what the Lord wants me to be doing. Yes, it is great when God confirms and gives us that reassurance that we need during those times of doubt. And, you know, I was just thinking, I remember that period of time. I hadn't thought about it in a long time, but I remember when you were struggling early on when you were in the training portion of becoming a police officer. And I do remember you had some doubts, but then I remember when you became a field training officer yourself, you started having guys that you had to personally mentor and train yourself. And I can't help but wonder and really believe that God must have been using that time of doubt for you early on to perhaps help you to be able to be more empathetic and relate more with these guys. Right. So yeah, that's a good point as well. And then also, you know, we learn, sometimes learn the most through the trials and through the struggles and that just makes us better. So I think if we have an easy, easy path the entire way, we wouldn't learn quite as much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I got a question for you. What's the most popular question that you receive from friends when they find out that I'm a police officer? Probably the most common question I'm asked from my friends when they first meet me and find out your job, they are normally asking me some variation of, aren't you constantly afraid or aren't you worried all the time that something's going to happen to him? I've told you before that my answer is pretty much always going to be no I'm I'm really not constantly afraid or or I'm not in a constant state of fear or anxiety I hope that never sounds callous to what you do because that's not what it's meant to be I take your job very seriously I know that when you go to work you are going into harm's way right but when you are on the job I believe the Lord has given me peace that passes understanding and I thank him for it. There have been moments that I've had fearful moments, but I always believe that those moments of sudden fear are the Holy Spirit using that to just get me to pray for you. And that would be the way I would answer most people. So, okay, let me ask you another one. As a Christian police officer, have you ever had a moment where you looked at some of these pure evil type, very hardened criminals, the ones who committed probably the most heinous crimes imaginable. And have you ever thought, how could God have sent Jesus to die for them? And if you did, how has the Lord answered that question for you? So I don't believe that I've ever specifically thought, how could God have sent his his son or sent Jesus to die for them? Mainly because, you know, I know how loving and merciful and gracious our Mm -hmm. God is. But I have thought 
things like this person has gone too far or there's no way this person could ever be saved. I think those are some more the, some of the questions I've asked instead of that. And the Lord has answered these thoughts and these questions by reminding me that if it weren't for the grace of God, I could be in that yes. same situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could have done some of the same crimes that they've committed. And if I hadn't had the Christian upbringing and um, hadn't received Christ as my Savior at a young age, there's no telling where I would be today and what, what state I'd be in. Yeah, that's a good perspective to have. So what's it like being married to a police officer, and how is it different or similar to growing up as a pastor's kid? So when I was thinking through this question, differences, similarities, the similarity that stood out in my mind was the idea of spiritual warfare, I think. Spiritual warfare that a pastor goes through on behalf of his church members would be the same almost as what you as a policeman have to deal with when you're combating the spiritual darkness in our community. But I think even more so on your part because you're dealing with it on a physical level too. There have been times that you have literally had to fist fight and wrestle people that were completely intoxicated or drugged up crazy. And, you know, that's something that my dad as a pastor thankfully never had to do. But I think it's very interesting how God prepared my childhood and that I did watch my dad spiritually exhausted and sometimes even physically exhausted from challenges that he was facing when he was trying to combat spiritual wickedness that members of the church were facing. I remember those times. So that would be the similarity, but I guess there's a little bit of a difference there too. I think one of the biggest differences when I transitioned from the pastor's home to being married to you as a cop was the move away from the religious expectations that come with being a pastor's kid. As a pastor's kid, you're expected to be at every activity, every service. For one thing, we were moving to another state. You were moving from another state. I was moving from another state. We were leaving our church families that we'd grown up with. And that meant that our spiritual walk had to become more personal than it ever had before. And the Lord really used that to mature us. I think it was difficult at first when we got married, getting used to going to church alone when you had to work, because I was always used to going to church as a family, as a pastor's kid. We all went when the doors were open, but it was different because you are a police officer and when duty calls you had to leave and once you were on the SWAT team it was even more of a possibility that an emergency situation could happen and and we would have to leave that never happened early on but it was a possibility that I did understand so I think it was different for me and it took me some time in maturing to realize that you know God was and could still use me to further his purposes even outside of the pastor's home. I remember when the Lord used us to first start our Bible club in the inner city of Pensacola, and we work with young kids and and teach them about God's word and spend time with them and mentor them. But I remember when we first started that Bible club that I had this thought plague my mind that, man, my dad could do this so much better than I could. He's a way better soul winner. He could explain the gospel better than I can. He can help these kids spiritually so much better than I can. But all of a sudden, I remember it just dawned on me. And I do believe that this was the Holy Spirit reminding me that, Brianna, God did not bring 
your dad here. God brought you here. In fact, he brought us here to minister to the kids in this Bible club and even the people in the entire Pensacola community. Through that, God revealed to me that he can and he is using us even though we're not in a full-time ministry occupation. So I guess those would be the one difference in, in the similarity for that question. Yeah, I think it's really cool how the Lord chose to use both of us and bring us both together from different states and bring us to a point that we were able to serve him locally here. And it's interesting to see your perspective on how life for you growing up actually had some similarities to your life now and um, to see some of those differences. So that's a very unique perspective. Well, I hate to cut the episode early, but due to our time constraints, this interview is to be continued. I hope you enjoyed this first half of the double interview between Pete and me today. We will plan to have the next episode with the rest of the story available next Wednesday on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you liked today's episode, then please feel free to leave us comments and feedback after each episode. Have a wonderful day and keep looking up. Thank you.